0: Welcome to the Perfect Faith Podcast. I'm Kirk Klingerman, your host. This is episode one of season five. Yeah, can you believe it? It's 2021 already. So with that, uh, happy new year. So what can you expect in season five? What's up and coming? Well, there's some change-ups taking place. One of the major change-ups is this, is that we plan on doing some interviews this year, more so than we have in any of our previous seasons. Uh, We want to just connect with other people and find out what the Lord's doing in their life. And then also give them opportunity to share those things in the Word that the Lord's been revealing to them. Which, that's really cool. It's always nice to get another believer's perspective on what the Lord's been showing them. So that will be up and coming. We hope to do many of them this year. I mean, not too many, but anyway, it's definitely going to be a change-up from before. One thing I'd like to mention, too, is that if you have any questions about anything that we've been talking about, I want you to feel free to ask questions about it or or comment about it or maybe add something to it. Maybe the Lord's showing you something that you feel like that you should share, long, share with the rest of us. Feel free to do that. And also, if you happen to be studying something in the Word and it's giving you trouble and you're having a hard time understanding it, Maybe share it with us. Maybe ask us some questions. Maybe we can come alongside and study it together with you and we'll invite Holy Spirit and we'll find the answers to those questions. Um, Let's just, again, grow together in the Word. And one more thing is that if you do have a prayer request and you'd like to share that with us, we want you to feel free to do that. Um, And there's a couple ways you can do all these things. One, use the comment sections if you feel comfortable doing that. Or just simply email me at curd at perfectfaith.org. And of course, perfectfaith.org is our website as well. But email us there and I will respond and we will pray. I mean, it's not just me, it's it's a bunch of us praying together. So let's build community and support one another and let's grow together. So what about this episode? Well, this episode's entitled How Do I Know I'm Forgiven? How many do you know struggle with this concept of God's forgiveness? Or maybe you've struggled with it either from day one forward where you're still looking back and like, I don't know if I'm forgiven. How could anyone forgive me for that? Or maybe you had a recent event that just gave you pause and you've been working through it, finally got through it, but you're still like, ah, have I been forgiven? You know, we know that if we are forgiven, emphatically know that, I should say, then we have confidence with God and we have confidence in our prayer life. So let's address this and maybe we can help some move along. So there's four or five areas that come to mind or or emerge. The first one is the reliability of God's word. Clear and simple. This is going to sound trite, but you're forgiven because God says so. Now understand this, God's word transcends your emotions. So even when you don't feel like you're forgiven, if the word of God says you're forgiven, you are. That's just true statement. If you were sincere with God in relation to repentance, when you asked him to forgive you, you could count on the sincerity of his word. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he says he has forgiven you, then it is he's, He has forgiven you. So receive that. Just remember that He loves you so much. He wants you to succeed. So He's glad to forgive. Honestly, that is His will. Otherwise, He wouldn't extend that to us. So remember, God's Word transcends what we feel. Emotions are terrible taskmasters. They're great servants, but sometimes they can lead you astray. So again, the Word of God. Is one way that we know for sure that we are forgiven. Number two, sin consciousness vacates your mind. Or another way to phrase that, I suppose, is that you're no longer so conscious about sins or self-conscious about sin. In Hebrews 10, verse 1 through 2, it says this, For the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things, can never by the same sacrifice which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins? See, once you're cleansed of your sins, you come into a realm where you're not conscious over them anymore. I mean, they are no longer a consideration. Even when you look back at events that took place In your past, you can look at them where they are as a non-issue anymore. They don't have that drama that they cause. They don't stir up guilt. They don't stir up the negative emotions and then that question mark of, am I forgiven? It becomes a place where it's like a third-person novel where you're reading a novel about somebody else or a biography about somebody else because technically it is about somebody else, which I'll get to that in a moment. And so all the emotions attached to it don't, have, don't uh, affect you because it's not an autobiography anymore. It's not a biography. And here's why. Because in Jesus Christ, you are completely new. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, So that if anyone is in Christ, that one is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that really does mean that's not really you anymore. because you are a new person, a prototype is what that word "new" means. It's not like something that you rebuilt from a previous edition or a previous model, or maybe for some of you guys that like and gals maybe that like to work on cars, it's not like you took a car and souped it up, fixed it up and and so on. This is like from scratch. That's the idea. Of a new creature, so in the eyes of the Lord, you're a new person from that point forward. All this stuff is no more. Romans 10:10, or excuse me, Hebrews 10:10 10, 10 says, "By this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all." And as a suggestion, by the way, read Hebrews 10 verses 1 through 25. And of course, another way that we know that we've been forgiven is the simple fact that we have confidence in our prayer. Confidence in prayer emerges. I mean, no one is confident with God in relation to prayer if they have sin lurking in their heart. Now, of course, if someone legitimately does have sin in their heart, yeah, of course, that's a no-brainer. There's not going to be any confidence in prayer. And if that is an issue for anybody, then it's just simply time to deal with it, which we'll talk about that in just a moment. All I know... It's when the weight of sin is no longer on our shoulders, we are free to move with the Holy Spirit. And that leads me to another point. And that is, the Holy Spirit, or Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit. And we get this from Romans 8, 14 through 16. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now listen to this. It says, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So if Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that you belong to God, that tells you something. That tells you that your sins are forgiven. And perhaps this is the real issue. Maybe it's time for you to stop holding yourself accountable. What happens is when people consider the things that they've done and play them over and over and over in their head, they start to question whether or not they have been forgiven. You know, in fact, you might have this thought in your mind, like, how in the world could anyone forgive me of that, especially God who is most holy? You know, Paul made a statement, and I didn't look this up, but this just came to mind. But Paul said that he was a sinner above all sinners. You know, you have to remember that Paul was one that, prior to becoming Paul, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. He was a Pharisee, and he was one that was involved with leading many Christians to their death or to be, in, uh, to be imprisoned. But on the road to Damascus, Jesus met him, and he was converted, and he received forgiveness of sins. He received the grace of God by faith through Jesus Christ. And as a result, he was set free of sin. So where he himself would be no more sin conscious because the Lord set him free. So if you take a person like Paul, and Paul said that he was to be an example to people, to the church and to those that haven't come to Jesus Christ yet, that simply someone that had sinned on that caliber, if you will, at that level, maybe that's a better way to phrase that, if he can be forgiven, so can you. You know, because God is a respecter of none. Again, if you are sincere, if you were sincere about repentance and you ask for forgiveness, forgiveness is there. And this is the way that we deal with sin, incidentally. It's simply that. We repent. And what's repentance mean? It means that we have a change of heart, a change of mind about the way we view sin. We feel convicted about the fact that we hurt God, that we sinned against Him. And then repentance includes turning away from our sin and towards God. It's turning from the works of darkness to light, right? So with repentance, and we ask for forgiveness, we receive that forgiveness, learn the lessons from whatever it is you went through. But then it's time to press on to to the mark of your high calling. It's time to move on, which leads me to the next thing. Forgive yourself and move on, right? That's part of not holding yourself accountable anymore. Stop digging up your past or stop digging up the old man, right? Remember that all things are new and old things are past? Well, that includes the old man. The old man is dead. You know, it's like if I go into a mortuary, and I'm not trying to be morbid, pardon the pun, and I pull... A slab open which has a person on that slab. I can look at that individual all day long, but I'll never see that person sin. Why? Because they're dead. And in Jesus Christ, you're counted as dead, which means your sins no longer have power over you. And we'll touch more on that in a moment. Stop digging up your past. And even if someone tries to throw your past in your face, let it go. Let it go. Just like I said before, that's no longer you anyway. You know, yeah, maybe there's some things you're still working through as a result of what's taken place from the past. That doesn't mean you're not forgiven. Ephesians 4.32 says this, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. This leads me to another thing. If you do not forgive yourself, you are being unjust. God, for the sake of Jesus, had forgiven us. So if you don't forgive yourself, you're being unjust, especially since Jesus paid the price for your sins. You see, sometimes people struggle with this idea of getting off the hook, so to speak. But there was no way we're going to get ourselves off the hook because none of us were pure. It required a blood sacrifice, and that blood had to be pure. And that blood, and the only blood that was able to do that was the blood of Jesus Christ. So by you rejecting that forgiveness, so to speak, or forgiving yourself, you in essence are almost insulting Jesus. He is worthy for you to be forgiven, which means you he, uh, he is worthy for you to forgive yourself. Once you do that, forgive yourself and just move on, let it go. Just focus on the things of God. If you want to make it up, Forgive yourself and just be obedient to the Word of God. Just follow Him by faith. It's all by faith. It's not by your works anyway. And that leads me to one more thing. In Jesus Christ, sin does not have dominion over you. Sin does not have power over you. Where do I get that from? Romans 6, verse 6 through 9 knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, in order that the body of sin might be destroyed. That from now on we should not serve sin, for he who has died has been justified from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that when Christ was raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Then you look at Romans six verse fourteen, says, "For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace." Grace is God's favor that enables us to do the things of God that we cannot do of our do ourselves. Which leads me to one more point. Don't say, "I can't anymore." For example, "I can't forgive myself." Don't say that anymore because His grace enables you to do just that. The word says, come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That's Hebrew four, verse 16. So if you're having trouble, just ask for the help and then let it go. Just do things God's way, be led of Holy Spirit. That's what the children of God do. They're led of Holy Spirit. Just keep this in mind. When you're free from sin, you're free to love, you're free to pray, You're free to serve. You're free to enjoy the relationship with God. And guess what? That is His will for you. So embrace it. Embrace it and be blessed. And so with that, we're going to conclude. Be blessed, my friend.